Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. You know, in the year 2020, everyone was talking about having that 2020 vision. Well, (laughs) that turned out a little bit different, didn't it? And that vision came to pass on some levels, meaning that people began to see in 2020 and in 2021, the reality that the media doesn't always give us a black or white narrative. It tends to be muddied based on opinions and institutional funding, whether it's government, education, medical, religion, or more. People are seeking truth in all areas. It's also a time when people are suffering with grievous scenarios regarding their own health or the loss of a loved one. So I really am sensitive to that. As I bring on my guest today, I pray that you will have ears to hear and an open heart. And I want you to take away what you want and dig in and learn more for yourself, knowing that knowledge is a tool that can help guide you to your next steps. In this Visibly Fit A podcast in this episode. My goal is to not make this political, but to offer encouragement and hope regarding your health, no matter if you've been vaxxed or unvaxxed, if you've had the jab or not. Either way, it kind of can be uh, divisive among many. So I really want this to be encouraging. So either way, if you've been vaxxed or unvaxxed, my guest will give you incredible insight and knowledge and ways to best take care of your health for optimal living. Now, my incredible guest today, he actually lost his father-in-law in in 2020 due to ill-advised hospital protocols. Since then, he's on a mission to help educate the public about the possible dangers to Americans in many of our institutes of health. He is also very passionate about exposing corruption of the medical system and the powers that be in this country. His focus is on medical freedom, education, and waking the world up to see the truth. Dr. Brian Artis is hopeful to inform, inspire, and empower those that are struggling with personal health issues. He promises to deliver real research and applicable information that can free people from emotional despair and fear that are created by symptoms of disease and disinformation. Artist Labs and the Artist Healing Center have helped thousands of patients from all over the world 
Um, Dr. Brian Artis is the CEO and of Artist Labs and the host of the Dr. Artis Show. It's a podcast. And he uh, sold the Artist Healing Center back in 2018, but he now consults the three practitioners that have taken over the practice now called North Texas Healing Center. That's right. He's a Texas guy. Um, he is the co-founder of True Labs, and, and they formulate all the hydration products that are made. And uh, you can find more at thedoctorartistshow.com. But for now, I want to welcome Mr. Dr. Brian Artis to the show. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks oh, for the invite. You know what? It is an honor and a privilege to have you. I am I'm so um, grateful of you stepping onto, onto the front lines of this conversation in so many different uh, spheres of, of, of influence and just, you're just, you're doing the work. And so I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Because we need more education and we're not getting the uh, truth from media on so many different forms of media. So let's start actually with your why. The reason that you kind of dove into this head first anyway, was with the um, loss of your father-in-law, correct? In 2020? Yeah. Uh, early February, 2020, my father-in-law walked into a hospital with fever and a headache and uh, lived independently, was totally healthy at the time, but went in with fever and a headache only to be diagnosed in early February. This was unrelated to COVID. COVID was not in Texas at this time. This was in mm -hmm. Dallas. And they diagnosed him on day one with his symptoms with the flu, uh, then called us on day two to tell us he now had pneumonia. And then day three called us to tell us that he was in acute kidney failure. Day five told us he was now going unconscious and being put on a respirator to force air into his lungs. This big mask that covers your whole face. And that's when my wife and I went up to the hospital that night. And the reason why we didn't go up the first five nights is her mother, who was in her mid 80s, she had actually fallen three days before my father-in-law walked into the hospital. She had fallen and broken a vertebrae in her neck oh and was at a rehab center. And when the rehab center heard us talking to uh, my wife's name is Jane, when we were talking to her sister who was with her dad at the hospital, when she conveyed to us that he had been diagnosed with the flu, the rehab center had asked us not to go to the hospital to see her dad because they didn't want us bringing the flu possibly back to the rehab center. So we were just getting updates each each day as we were with her mother and her sister was with her dad, we were just getting updates across the city that uh, each day he was failing. Mm -hmm. And by the time he was going unconscious is when I said, enough's enough. I don't care if he's got the flu or not, we're going up there. And that's when I uncovered that the protocols they were using for a flu diagnosis, which by the way, Wendy, he actually never tested positive for Interesting. at all, mm -hmm. but they treated him as if he had the flu horribly treated him for the flu. Mm -hmm. uh, the actual drugs they put him on caused him to go into acute kidney failure, but I had not seen the medications that were being used until I got up there only to realize that they had him on a drug called vancomycin that was known to cause acute kidney failure. And secondarily, as a result of shutting down the kidneys with this drug, as they leave you on an IV drip, it actually floods your body with water. It will saturate the water around your lungs and then it into your lungs and it will flood your heart. But when it fills up your lungs, it causes what's called pulmonary edema. And if you shut down the kidneys of an individual with a drug while saturating their veins with water, with saline water, uh, you actually flood the lungs with water. It's called pulmonary edema and you drown these individuals to death. And that's what they did to him. And they did that over a nine day period. Now, 
that was the most traumatic thing I've personally ever experienced. Mm -hmm. When I called the hospitals out on everything that they had done, all the liability on behalf of their protocols to injure him, to murder him, which they did do in nine days. On day six or seven of that stay, I was kicked out of the hospital by security. The doctors uh, and the administrators coerced my wife's family to continue to follow the hospital protocols that it was be his best chance for, for survival. My wife never believed that, but there was enough family members there to say, we're going to speak on behalf of him and we're just going to follow what the medical doctors here say. Uh, and that led to what they called palliative care by day nine. They said, it's time to put him on a morphine drip and help reduce his pain. That is mm. not what they're doing, people. Uh, morphine actually over a two to four window period of time paralyzes your diaphragm and stops your heart from beating. It paralyzes the heart, paralyzes the diaphragm. Your loved one can't breathe. This is called euthanizing someone. They are physically murdering them in front of you mm. under the guise that they're trying to reduce his pain so he can pass peacefully. That's not what they're doing. They're murdering him very slowly over a two to four hour period and suffocating him to death. Uh, it's, it's horrible. So to have to be a witness to what the atrocity was in this hospital protocol, to watch a hospital stand behind protocols that they knew they self-admitted out of their own mouth that the drug I called out that I saw hanging from a bag called vancomycin right alongside the IV bag. When I told them they need to get him off that drug, one of the attending doctors goes, that's a good idea. We could take him off of that. That drug has a side effect of causing acute kidney failure. Wow. I had already been called by that point for four days being told he was now an acute kidney failure. You got to be kidding me. You're one of the attending daily doctors and you haven't pulled him off this yet when you know he's in acute kidney failure as a result of the treatments. It was just barbaric, inhumane to me. And that's the, the why is because I witnessed him being murdered in a hospital. I watched. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. I watched what poisoning someone to death does. And I saw it rip a family apart. And then three months later, amidst my frustration, anger, stress, panic for everything I just witnessed, uh, I actually wanted to know why was it being reported three months later that more Americans were dying in hospitals mm -hmm. than any other country in the entire world with this pandemic? Uh, I just witnessed a loved one get murdered yeah. in a hospital. And I want to know what are they doing in hospitals to these people with COVID-19 now? And this is in May, 2020, only to discover, I went on cdc.gov's website and I want to know what are they treating these patients with? We were having the highest death tolls in the world. Wendy, we're in America, right. the greatest healthcare system in the world. Why are, why are more people dying in the entire world from a virus that's gone around the world? Today, still, we're two years into this pandemic. We still have the highest death tolls from COVID-19. United States of America does. Really, how great are these healthcare systems? We obviously so, we obviously suck more than all of them. <laughs> right. No, honestly, I mean, this is the reason why I want you on this podcast because first of all, you've experienced it firsthand, but people just take the the doctor's word for it. They don't do the research. They are they just trust. They're they're I mean, talk about faith. <laughs> um, they're just like handing over their life or their loved one's life and not knowing the drugs that are being used. And and I'm I'm curious, like <laughs> yeah, I mean like you know the research and you keep getting uh stifled 
when you're trying to share the truth. And that, that should pique some interest to people. Like, why is Dr. Artis being shut down whenever he's sharing the truth of what's happening? Well, there's a reason. There's a reason, and people don't want you to know it. Um, so I, I wanted to have you on so that those that are really like not – I mean, I, I hate to say sticking their head head in the sand, but kind of they're just going about their daily life and trusting uh, blindly. I want them to know. I want them to know that they need to step up and have a voice and to really know what's going in their body. And so um, we know that there's some divisive stuff going on with people's opinions, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, about being vaxxed or unvaxxed. And we have even some conflict with some friends. Um, and it's just an interesting time. Um, so I want to talk on that. I want to bring some hope, even though there is some bleak stuff going on in the world. I really want people to, to find hope in this podcast and that, okay, whether you're, you're vaxxed, there are some things that you can do to get the toxins out of your body. If you're unvaxxed, there are some things you can do to continue to, um, increase your immune system, which is what we want to do. We want a healthy immune system. So can we just kind of go down that trail a little bit and then we can move on that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll just touch on real quick that what I realized and learned in May of 2020 was that there was a hospital protocol set up by someone named Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I found Mm -hmm. this on the NIH.gov's website, our national institutes of health. Now in May, 2020, I had never heard of this guy. I never right. saw, I never even saw his name before that I remembered. Hmm. I'd been in practice for 20 years, busy taking care of patients and raising children. I, I did not pay attention to Anthony Fauci. So when I saw this memo, what I learned there was he had selected and announced to the entire country that there was one experimental antiviral drug called remdesivir mm-hmm. that had never been FDA approved before at this point during the pandemic in May, 2020, but that this was going to be the only drug used in all hospitals across the entire country. And then he asked our federal government to buy up all this experimental drug and not to share it with another country. Don't export it. We're the only ones that are going to use it. Now he said that in the same memo that there was two studies that supported that this drug should be used because it was found safe and effective against the Ebola virus in a trial a year earlier And then he also said that it was found safe and effective against COVID-19 patients two months earlier in a study conducted by Gilead, who made the drug. So I'm at home. I'd actually sold my practice a year earlier. I was retired at this point, but I just clicked the studies to see what did Anthony Fauci know about this drug that no one else has ever heard of, including myself. That's never been FDA approved. It was never proven safe or effective before 2020. Why now all of a sudden? All of a sudden. So so I clicked the studies only to find out, and everyone needs to know this. In America right now, it is the only drug being used on all COVID-19 patients, period. And if you go into a hospital, even for any other symptom, they're going to PCR test you to try to get a positive test so that they can treat you for COVID-19, even if you don't go in there with those symptoms. The hospitals right now are the most dangerous place on the planet that you could go if you want to stay healthy and alive. These protocols were set up because they knew this one drug, Anthony Fauci knew this one drug. When I clicked the studies, the study he was quoting on the Ebola trial, Wendy, it was the only drug of four experimental trials of drugs that was found to kill over 50% of everyone in the trial. They gave it to him. It was the only one. And it was so dangerous. The safety board pulled it from the study, but this is the same study. Anthony Fauci hyperlinked in his memo 
that supported, he said, that it was found safe and effective against the Ebola virus. So now we're going to use it against this coronavirus, two viruses. Well, I knew right then that Anthony Fauci was a liar and I knew that he was lying to the public. And then I wanted to know what else he knew about the drug. And the second study that he quoted, they actually gave the drug for 10 days to COVID-19 patients, 53 of them in March of 2020. And the results of that study, just giving people remdesivir for 10 days, 31% of all the people they gave the drug to in 10 days or less had multiple organ failure, acute kidney failure from the drug, septic shock or hypotension. 8% of them had to be taken off the drug because they needed kidney transplants or they were dying from being poisoned to death with the drug. Now, I said since May 2020, I immediately went into the media to try to warn as many people as possible that Anthony Fauci is putting together a protocol using one drug proven to kill a lot of people. And he's going to kill, this is what I said back then, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans that go into hospitals to be treated for COVID-19. And then he's going to tell the world that they're all dying from this really deadly virus when in fact they're being drugged to death with a poisonous drug called remdesivir. The same thing happened to my father-in-law just with a different drug. Now, we want to talk about God things. We want to talk about spiritualism. I think my father-in-law died and I was a witness to it because I think God knew that America needed to know or have me witness something and knew I wouldn't be scared at all to warn as many people as possible to try to save as many lives as possible that I would recognize from what Anthony Fauci put in that the same thing was going to happen. And I have been the one main voice on this thing nonstop for the last two years. And I won't stop until that protocol is removed. It is responsible right now, Wendy, that one drug. You have to understand the, the virus itself, which was created, the spike proteins on the virus was created by man to be a bioweapon through gain of function testing. When they realized that the virus and the spike protein were killing less than 1% of people worldwide. They were disappointed. You shouldn't wonder why did Anthony Fauci select a drug to treat this infection that kills less than 1% of all people that get infected? Right. Why did he select a drug that had a death rate from research studies of 53%? Well, there's money behind He actually had to sacrifice and murder hundreds of thousands of Americans to sell them on the idea that the virus is deadly so that they would buy into a vaccine agenda. And I've said this nonstop. He's going to promote a vaccine. He's going to sell you all. The virus is deadly when, in fact, they're murdering people in hospitals, convincing the public through the media that it's actually the virus killing them. No, it isn't. They're poisoning them to death. Yeah. And so, Dr. Artis, so many listening might be saying, you know, this is conspiracy. This is conspiracy. I mean, what do you do with those people that want to continue to think that it's it's only conspiracy when you actually have the the data and the facts? And also, I want to ask, what about the the doctors in these hospitals that really they do know? I mean, they can they can administer other forms of of of, of treatment. They don't have to stick with that. So let's talk a little bit about why they're staying on track with with that protocol also. Yeah, lots of people have asked me that nonstop. Why are so many hospitals so complicit in this? And I used to say none of them took the time to read the research studies, but there were some doctors who were following that protocol using remdesivir early on, as they were being told by their hospitals. Mm -hmm. And when they found that patients were dying, they actually went into research to find out what did they use? We knew this virus was called SARS-CoV-2. But there was 15 to 20 years ago, 
a virus very similar called SARS-CoV-1. Right. And there were some medical doctors that went home and were like, what in the world did they use to beat SARS-CoV-1? Because that's not an issue anymore. It was supposed to be a pandemic and it never turned out to be. What did we beat it with? Wendy, in 2005, they, there were several doctors who actually found a research study that was published and funded by Anthony Fauci and the NIH for SARS-CoV-1. And the drug that they found that was the most effective was a drug called hydroxychloroquine. There you go. So these some doctors, like Dr. Simone Gold, yes. she actually started using it in her hospital. And when the patient started recovering from using hydroxychloroquine with SARS-CoV-2, the hospital administrators came down on her and said, you're going to lose your license. We're going to fire you if you go against the protocol put out by Anthony Fauci and the NIH. And so that's through control and fear. That yeah, they actually started firing doctors who actually went against using this one drug and this one mandated protocol. And the truth is there's only a handful. I can probably think of 25 medical professionals who are out speaking against the hospital protocols against COVID-19 vaccines um, and are promoting ivermectin hydroxychloroquine as these things that can actually are proven to save our lives. From is it because these doctors don't really believe this to be true or they just nope, don't want to do the research or they don't want to go on the front line and, and, and stick their necks out there. I mean, what, what is, is it just fear? No, they're actually scared to death to lose their job. So they're being threatened with their license and their ability to work. And they're scared to death to lose their income. That's the only thing they've got to stranglehold their employees of hospitals. Mm -hmm. All the docs that are out talking, they all have one thing in common, except for one. What's that? There's only one doctor who still has any hospital rights, all the rest of them who are out speaking like we are, they're not tied to hospitals. They're independent of hospitals they're and they're in private practice. So yep. there's only one. And that one is Dr. Peter McCullough and he's become mm. a great friend, but uh, Dr. Nice. Peter McCullough is the only one. And, but he's actually had his affiliation stripped from him. So he actually can go in and see his own private practice patients in hospitals, but uh, he's lost his ability to treat them there. So uh, there's yeah. only one that's still going into hospitals and, and doing the, the due diligence, but he's not using remdesivir. So right. that's good. That's good. That's good news. Well, those that um, have are listening and they, I mean, we all know somebody that has been touched by, by the pandemic, whether that it's, they've had it or they, I mean, anyway, had it is one thing, but <laughs> had someone in the hospital and either survived it or the, the loss of the loved one. Everyone has had some sort of touch to that. And so what would you say to someone who has been vaxxed and now they're hearing kind of maybe the truth and they're nervous. They're like, oh my gosh, I, ha I have been vaxxed. And so what, what do I do to get the toxins on my body? How do I, how do I remedy this situation? Sure. And I do want to touch on something you mentioned earlier about the vaccines. Uh, I'm not going to judge anybody for getting the vaccines. Okay, right. uh, the world has been coerced, bullied, lied to, misconceived. And so people are making decisions and getting the shots. I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to judge you or try to throw shame on you. I have actually tried. Or the other way around, by the yeah, way. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Especially for those right? that are Both. not vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of reasons not to be. And I just want you to know that uh, I have actually created and have set out nonstop. I knew the vaccines were going to be dangerous. I knew that they were going to be creating vaccines to injure, maim, disease, kill a whole lot of people. This was the only reason why they would have these vaccines at all. If you've taken the vaccines and you've dealt with any symptoms, if you took the vaccines, you haven't had any symptoms. If you think it's still a good idea and you go forward with the boosters, you just want to follow the narrative. That's fine. 
if you have not decided you weren't going to vaccinate and you haven't been vaccinated, you have to understand these vaccines have been designed over the last 20 years. They've been designed to designed. shed from those who are vaccinated onto those who are unvaccinated. So whatever they're putting inside of you, they've designed these to actually be shed on those that you're around. Mm-hmm. So I created early on about 10 months ago, what's called the disease prevention cocktail. I like to believe that God created this human body on day six, mm-hmm. this body, mm-hmm. and he saved it for last because it was the greatest of all his creations. Oh, I, I also that. believe yes. that he is <laughs> all knowing and all powerful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he screwed up on day six. Nope. I think he saved his greatest creation for last. This is my true feelings mm-hmm. and beliefs and that he put inside of this greatest, greatest creation, what's called your natural immunity. Mm-hmm. Your body's ability to defend itself and repair itself. Yes. So what does it have to defend itself from? Man. He knew men are going to come down here and start creating things, thinking he can make the human body better than God created it. I just need to say this out loud. Notice that they're trying to push vaccines, Wendy, on the entire planet. Well, did Austria just get mandated for yeah. the first country? Yep. The yeah. whole planet right now, yeah, they're right. still pushing that we need vaccines and boosters for life. I mean, this is what they're telling you. You're going to need vaccines for life. I need your audience to understand. Use some common sense here. 100% of the people that are alive right now, 100% of them survived the pandemic. The virus has already gone around four or five times around the planet, and you all survived. 100% of you that are still alive survived. Why do any of you think you need a vaccine? You already won. You already proved that your God-given immunity handled the onslaught of a bioweapon or a natural infection, if you believe it was natural, that your body already figured out how to receive it and eliminate it from your body. And then it produced a natural immunity that is robust and more powerful than the vaccines. And you have to know right now, there's 128 studies confirming right now that natural immunity, your God-given immunity, is far superior to COVID-19 vaccine-supported, reviewed, researched immunity. It is far superior to that. And if you want to go to brownstone.org, there's an op-ed written by Paul Elias Alexander. It's a compilation of 128 studies, peer-reviewed, researched, linked, proving that your God-given immunity is way better than what man created in the form of an injection. So, So my goal has been nonstop to try to protect as many people as possible from the harm that man is going to inflict in you with the chemicals they created. Yeah. And so there is a disease prevention cocktail. And if you'd like, I'll tell you what those four things are that every single one of you should be taking. If you've gotten the vaccines, if you haven't gotten them and you're around those who have, there's four things, four things God put on this planet that will protect every cell in your body from spike proteins, viruses, poisons, even toxic radiation, even alcohol poisoning. That's not a license to drink up. <laughs> yep, that's right. There's four things that yeah. everyone should be doing. And on my website, thedrartistshow.com, if somebody sets up a username and password and logs into the site, this new resources tab appears and it's all free. Yeah. If you click the resources tab, the very first tab is the disease prevention cocktail and everybody should have this. It's for the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Yes, please it's go actually, and get that. Yeah, it's vitamin C. God put vitamin C on this planet inside of food and fruits. But vitamin C is number one. It's proven to protect every cell from oxidative stress, which is the beginning of all diseases. Yep. And spike proteins cause oxidative stress. SARS-CoV-2 viruses cause stress. Coronaviruses do. They cause oxidative stress. 
Vitamin C is proven to coat the outside of cells and protect you from oxidative stress from both forever. So vitamin C specific at 5,000 milligrams minimum. We have child dosing, teenage dosing, and adult dosing on that. I'm just going to throw out these numbers for people listening, but vitamin C at a minimum of 5,000 milligrams selenium, which is also Eat those Brazil nuts. Eat those nuts, (laughs) right. The Brazil nuts. Selenium at 200 micrograms a day, and then magnesium at 500 milligrams, and then what's called apple pectin powder at 700 milligrams twice a day. That will help bind to and remove the toxic poisons in the shots, which are called polyethylene glycol 2000 and polysorbate 80, which is in the Johnson and Johnson shots. Mm-hmm. Polyethylene glycol 2000, which is also in antifreeze, <laughs> is actually in the Pfizer and Moderna shots. So these apple pectin powder will bind to that. It's a natural chelator that will draw the poisons out of your body. And everybody that's gotten any of those shots should be on all four of those. If they are going to be getting the boosters, you should be taking these nonstop for life. If you've gotten the shots and you're not going to get them anymore, you need to at least take these supplements for six months. The doses are on that report. And then, um, yeah, that's brilliant. That's, that's great. And a lot of people talk about zinc, of course. Yeah. Uh, what now what are your zinc, thoughts on zinc? Yeah. Because then it's going to cause a copper deficiency if they're taking too much. And so, you, I mean, in fact, about if zinc. anybody watching this downloads that report, they're going to go like this. Wendy, he didn't mention zinc. Right. But it's on, but it's on his report. You're right. I actually added it during this winter months, just because uh-huh. of the flu and cold seasons. Yeah, yeah, now the yeah. disease prevention cocktail is specific for the ingredients in the shots. Okay. And there's no virus in the shots, but okay. zinc is necessary. Put on this earth by God mm-hmm. to get into your cells to actually stop all viruses from replicating. And it's just as good for coronaviruses as it is for flu viruses, pneumonia viruses. It doesn't matter. It's correct. Broken. Yeah. And, but it's not, you know, don't take, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing too. Like people are overdoing it on zinc and then they're getting copper deficiencies and that kind of thing. So obviously you have the right doses, dosages there. Um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, other causes for your immune system to be down. And because there's, that's all the talk, you know, let's boost our immune system and, and we should just always be boosting our immune system with what we're eating and how we're moving our body anyway, and how sure. we're de-stressing and breathing and, you know, just doing life. But that's the kind of the big buzzword right now is, is immune system. So if, if you are not, if you do have a compromised immune system and you've got some issues, some underlying issues going on, uh, maybe you're not absorbing nutrients properly and there, there's just some underlying issues. Um, I know for a fact that you talk a little bit about parasites and no one really wants to think about a parasite uh, because it's pretty gross, but it can be pretty common. And so I kind of want you to touch on that. And uh, if you, if you are open to it, because I think that that could really help people boost their immune system (laughs) once they attack that. And I will, I will touch on the immune system part because I really appreciate you bringing it up. There's been very few of these interviews in the media. I've done, I don't know, thousands of these, but one of the things that uh, they hardly touch on, but I will bring up on some that are long enough interviews. I'll actually tell them, you know, what they're targeting is the elderly with severe poisoning and with the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I know they're targeting them is because they're immunocompromised, a bunch of them. And do you want to know why it is? I know they're immunocompromised, which means their immune system is suppressed. Because in America, there are over 60 million prescriptions going to individuals who are 65 years and older every year. 
and they're being given one drug every day for the rest of their life for autoimmune or inflammatory conditions. And that drug is called prednisone. And prednisone is an immune suppressant. It actually shuts off your immune system. And all of you 65 years and older, or anybody living on prednisone knows when they wrote you the prescription, the medical doctor would have told you when you start taking this, be careful being around sick people because your body can't fight infections as well anymore. No kidding. Red flag, red flag. (laughs) You're shutting off your immune system. Prednisone or corticosteroids are called immunosuppressants. They shut off your body's ability to fight infections. So yes, if they released a bioweapon that causes respiratory failure, your body cannot address or fight that infection properly. No matter how great you feel the moment you take a prednisone, (laughs) you don't, you don't need it and don't take it. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I've actually said just a few times, maybe twice in the last two years, somebody should do a statistical look at all those who have died in America and see how many of them were on prednisone. Mm, That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Before the pandemic. And then while they're in the pandemic. That would be fascinating. Bet it. It's probably like 99% of all of them. I'm not even kidding. I bet you it's 99% of all. Of them. So I just want you to know there are chemicals that can suppress our immune system. There are also food chemicals that are put in our food, like glyphosate, yes. which is just God awful. If you have a on here from MIT, you should have her on your show to talk about certified organic foods and her book called toxic legacy. Uh, glyphosate is a neurological cardiovascular and an immune killer. Just so you know. It destroys the gut biome and just creates chronic disease and illness. And it's in so much. Oh yeah. It's in like I 90% mean, of all of our food. It's crazy. Yeah. Go for the one word food items. <laughs> like yeah, so apple. You know, you really <laughs> shop things certified organic is what yeah. you like. Stephanie said certified, certified organic, not USDA organic. Certified organic is the only thing you want to look for. That's right. Let's talk about parasites. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Talk about worms. Let's do it. <laughs> my favorite topics ever actually is parasites. So. <laughs> parasites and poop. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, from practice in 20 years, what I specialized in the most was helping people to reverse autoimmune disease. Yes. I had 17,000 patients from 16 different countries that would come to me as their friends and loved ones would tell them all the great results they were having with us helping them. And 77% of every single autoimmune case I ever saw in practice were actually caused by parasites. And which is very odd because what medical doctors are taught in school here in America is that parasites don't exist in this country, but that is not true. Uh, in fact, every patient that would call me and go, Dr. Artis, uh, my medical doctor told me not to believe you or trust you because parasites don't exist in this country. <laughs> I would say just like this. Did you ask your doctor if he's ever had a dog or a cat, never took him to the vet? What's the first thing they treat every domesticated animal worms. for? Worms. <laughs> worms, which are round worms called nematodes that are parasites. And every single parasite that dogs and cats have, they have a zoonotic tendency to transfer to humans. And yeah, any- so please don't lick your dog in the mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, please don't lick your dog in the mouth. You're right. So, <laughs> yep, it's very true. So, parasites are very common. If you don't believe me, go to cdc.gov and just type in parasites in the search engine. And it will tell you that upwards of 90% of diseases in America can probably be linked to microscopic parasites called protozoa or flukes. So uh, that's just what I would do. So parasites are very common. I actually do recommend a place for people who are dealing with autoimmunity to go to parasitetesting.com. It's the only lab in the entire North American continent that tests for all four major types of parasites. 
It's the only one. Okay. And that's in Arizona? And it's Isn't... in Scottsdale, Arizona. You're right. right. Dr. Omar Amen. Now, if you go there and buy the first test kit on the test tab, I'm telling you, if you live with autoimmunity of any kind, inflammation of any kind, lupus, fibromyalgia, rosacea, if you deal with diabetes, endometriosis. if you deal with endometriosis, mm-hmm. for sure, yes. that is a sure telltale sign. You either have toxic chemical load in your body if you have endometriosis, or your body is shedding parasites and bleeding mm-hmm. out right out of your uterus. It's not that you need to cut the organ out. If you do, if you actually get a hysterectomy and cut it out, your body no longer can bleed out the infection. Do you really think you're going to be healthier if your body continues to allow the parasites to thrive in your body? No. no. So there's four major types of parasites, roundworms, tapeworms, protozoa, and flukes. The most common we see in this country are two, protozoa, flukes. And we see a lot actually of nematodes, which are roundworms, heartworms that are found in dogs and cats. And we get oh, that from petting our dogs, kissing our dogs and cats. Uh, I don't know if you know this. This is a great visual for your audience. They should know. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> yep. But dogs and cats lick their own rear ends. Do you want to know why? They're actually cleaning off parasite egg sacs that oh. their body is shedding. And then they lick themselves to clean their tongue of the parasite eggs and larvae. Oh, and then boy. do we do with them? We pet their fur. We love on them. We kiss on them. And they've got parasite eggs all over them. But this is how they keep themselves clear of parasites. And then we just literally pet them, touch our mouths later. And the eggs that are on our fingers and on our hands and on our lips, we swallow the eggs then hatch in our intestinal tract, and then they get into our bloodstream and go all over. It is just almost inevitable that if you have a pet, you probably have a parasite. Um, but I, I will say that I I have worked with a lot of patients as well. And uh, just with endometriosis, just changing the way that they're eating, of course, and exercising has changed the, the trajectory of their autoimmune disease as well. But yeah, parasites, I mean, man go get tested and it's parasite testing.com. Yep. Singular parasite. parasite. The first test tab, click the test tab and order the first kit. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. Life changing. It's called the full GI panel and bacterial swab. When you order that, you'll get this test kit, fill out the paperwork, send back your stool sample. They're going to send it to a second lab for the bacterial swab. And then in the, and in their own lab, their PCI, they're going to test it for parasites and different types of candida or yeast. And okay. they look for every form of toxic bacteria that could be causing your symptoms, fungi and parasites. It's an incredible resource and you should absolutely check it out for any audiences. If you want to, it actually saves some money on your test kits, but it's uh, artist seven exclamation point. Dr. Omar Amen is a 30 year parasitologist, five time PhD. Wow. Guys brilliant. Who built this lab and created these test kits. But this guy says, so does every other parasitologist I've ever talked to. They all say 80% of all human beings have parasites. 100% of pet owners have them. They just don't know it. Oh, the thought of that. (laughs) It's a bigger deal than what you realize. As I hear your dog in the background. (laughs) And uh, it's really funny. I I would not have a dog. My wife, when I married her, uh, she she had a dog. So when I married her, I got the dog. Came with the dog. Yeah, I understand. My husband was the same way. Came with the dog. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a gross story just because I'm curious. Um, as, as you've done these parasite tests with your different patients over the years, give me just one story of, of one that would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you witnessed that. Uh, I'm just curious about a parasite story. Sure. All right. So yeah. in 2009, actually, uh-huh. right when I opened up my Dallas practice, 
there was this lady in her fifties, like 52, 53. She was about 300 pounds and she's on a walker. She's using a walker to get into my office. And uh, anyway, I did my evaluation on her and what actually shows up from the testing was that she had round worm parasites in her heart. Oh my gosh. Now, what she wrote on her intake form was that 23 years earlier, she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why she was using her walker because her whole body hurts. Every joint hurts. Every muscle hurts. So she has to walk very slowly with a walker. Now, this girl's in her mid-50s. She should not be walking around in pain like this. Absolutely not. Regardless of her weight, it just didn't matter. She should right. not be walking around like that. But what was interesting was... When I found out that it was actually roundworms attached to the inside chambers of her heart, I then looked at her and I said, you're going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to write up my report for you so that you know what to expect when we start killing off these parasites. And she's like, okay. So she comes back in and I said, just so you know, there's worms living in your body. And when they start to die, because we're going to put Chinese herbs into you, they're going to kill them. They're going to detach from your heart or any other organs that they're latched onto in your body. And you might see them. (laughs) I said, now just so you know, the body only has uh, five ways to get rid of parasites. When they start to die, your body's either going to poop them out, pee them out, sweat them out, or cough them out, or you're going to bleed them out through a cycle, like menstrual cycle. And she goes, well, I don't have any menstrual cycles anymore. I said, it doesn't matter if you still have your uterus, you'll probably go into some spotting if you do. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what's, this is what's funny. I can't believe I asked you this question, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> okay. So she's supposed to come back in two weeks. She comes back in two days later and she's uh-huh. like, Dr. Marissa, you didn't test me for yeast. And I said, uh, yes, I did. And she goes, but I have yeast and you didn't find it. And I said, how do you know you have yeast? And this is exactly what she said. Because over the last 10 years, every time I pee, there's this stringy film that comes out of me and I have to pull it out of me. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't believe I asked you this question. (laughs) Not a joke. I actually looked at her and I said, does it come apart or is it strings? And she goes, no, it doesn't come apart like a film. It's like strings. Like a worm. (laughs) uh, Those are worms you're peeing out. And she goes, you got to be kidding oh my gosh, I'm going to be sick. And I said, you're physically pulling out dying worms. That's how many are in you. She looks at me and she goes, well, what's going to happen with the ones in my heart? And I said, well, if they go from your heart, they're going to actually detach from your heart. The heart pumps the blood first into your lungs. So as they detach, they're going to get pumped into your lungs. I said, oh boy. and then what are your lungs going to do to get rid of anything? And she goes, I'm going to cough these up. And I said, <laughs> Oh yeah. You're going to cough them up. So I just have to tell you this lady every day for the next two months would come into my practice with pictures of the worms that would come up on the back of her tongue. And she had to, and they were six inches long. And then she comes in and two months later, she's doing this every day, coming in with pictures. Can't believe it. But two months later, she comes in. And by the way, within two months, she's no longer on a walker. She Mm. doesn't, use any crutches. She's got full energy. She's able to return Hallelujah. to work. her own company. Yeah. Miraculous. All of her fibromyalgia pain is gone. But at the two month mark, she comes into my office randomly, not with an appointment. She's like, Dr. Ars, I have to tell you what happened this morning. 
And I said, okay, what was it? She goes, have you ever had that feeling where there's a big ball of loogie or mucus in your throat and you're trying to cough it up? She goes, yes. She goes, and have you ever tried to get up something out of your throat and it's so intense that your, your eyes start tearing up? And I said, yes, that's happened to me before. She goes, I was trying to get it to the bathroom and run to the bathroom to try to cough this up, but I couldn't make it there. I made it to the kitchen sink. And when I coughed up this big loogie ball about this big, <laughs> that it came out of my mouth and landed in the sink. She goes, I went into the bathroom to clean my face and my tears up because it was so intense, her symptoms from coughing it up. Yeah. She said, by the time I went into the kitchen, I wanted to see what this ball was uh, because she thought it was a mucus ball or something. It had laid out into a flat worm that was this big. <gasps> oh like, my goodness. Okay. That this I, was, the, this was the adult worm that had all the eggs and babies originally. Yeah. Oh she, my goodness. Up, she never tested for another parasite. All of her fibromyalgia symptoms disappeared. It was trauma to the heart, weakening her entire system. Okay. I guarantee you, everyone listening that is a pet owner for sure is going to go and take a parasite test. And I hope you're not listening to this like right after breakfast or lunch or dinner, <laughs> because it might be make you a little queasy, but thank you for that. Um, wonderful story, Dr. Artis. Um, Talked about it in two years. Hey, it's well, it's fun. That's fun. You know, it's, it's education really. I mean, people need to know that this really can happen. And more than likely, if you're dealing with some autoimmune issues, you probably do have a parasite. So to take this seriously. And so, um, cool. All right. Well, what is maybe your best piece of advice that anyone has ever told you? You're always giving out some incredible advice, but what about someone that's given you some advice? What's been your best? Best advice. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> self-motivated actually. I hear a lot of great things out in the world, but uh, I'm pretty self-motivated and self-driven. Uh, I see that. And really, I'll just have to tell you, it's just been, I don't give up and I just can't give up. Like never give up. If you've actually, I just want you to know, never for a second do I believe that God put you on this planet for you to actually have a trial of symptoms and disease for your entire one life experience on this Amen. planet. That's so right. think God is your father, put you down here as his child. Think about it this way. I, I've, I've always thought about it this way, that I always viewed God as my dad. And me yeah. as a dad with my own kids, would you as a mother or as a parent ever want your child to suffer with pain and illness his entire life? Absolutely not. Would you want a single day of your child to live in pain or suffering? Nope. No, your God doesn't want you to do that either. He is your father in heaven. I believe it. I believe that you were put on this earth to experience the joys of life. And yes, there's tribulations. There is tribulations. There are trials. There are disease but you're not intended to be here to suffer with them forever. I mean, right. Jesus of all of his messaging, it was a healer, right? That's right. You can heal. Let the body they created, that God created, trust in that body's ability to heal itself. Yeah. That's really my entire message. Always trust what God created over what man created. Man has not figured out how to make this human body better. And if mm -hmm. I could throw out one more thing. Yes. This COVID vaccine thing is not a new issue for me. In fact, I was in studio last night with Peter McCullough, and I said, Peter McCullough, I just have a great appreciation and admiration for you because you're a medical doctor who wants to save and preserve lives. Mm -hmm. I said, and I looked at the camera and I said, but I want the world to know you and I don't agree on one thing and we don't agree on everything. And he goes, and what is that? And I said, I don't think there's one safe vaccine on the planet. And I've never vaccinated any of my five kids. I will never vaccinate any of those kids. I haven't had myself vaccinated since I was a little kid. I don't trust any of them. Yeah. I said, you do. 
But I want everyone to know here, when I said that God, I believe, created and saved his greatest creation for day six, the last one, I mean it. And at this point, I've tried to convey the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine, try to relate it back to even a spiritual sense. Put your faith in God. God is not a God of fear. That's right. right. Satan is a God of fear. The evil side of darkness is a side of fear. Why are we trusting in men who are wanting to convey fear inside of you? That's not the spirit of God. That's not. No, and we're created in his image. You're created in his image. Now, this is my point. When your grandchildren, when your students, when your children are born, physically, when they come out, they're perfect. Why do you look at this perfect creation God created? And then why do you trust men who said you need to vaccinate this kid and give it an immune system that God forgot? He never forgot. Man has convinced you that your kid is imperfect and needs to be vaccinated. It does not. The entire vaccine industry has been set up to cause disease in children, to create illness in children. It's all it is. So they can have you as customers for life. Yeah, you said it. It is. It's customers for life. It's all about the money. And it, it is time that people do wake up and, and and find their security and their hope in the Lord, because we are made in his image. And so um, not to be caught into the system, the system of, of fear and to to have that faith. And, and know, how, old, how old are your, your children? You've got five, right? Yeah, I think you said you have a 21-year-old. I, I a, do. I have a 21-year-old. And okay. Year-old. And a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old and a five-year-old, or not not a five-year-old, a nine-year-old who's about to be 10. Okay. Well, it's not boring around your house. <laughs> nope. No, it's not. In fact, that's no. my table that keeps walking around here. It's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Come over and say hi. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you so much. And thank you for even sharing that you, your kids aren't vaccinated. And I think that actually offers someone listening hope that, oh, yeah, right. Well, maybe I don't have to vaccinate just because the school system says that I do. Or, you know, start to homeschool your kids if, if it's that big of a deal, uh, which I would recommend anyway. But um, <laughs> because of that, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Hey, you just need to know this. So I, I didn't know this until literally about an hour and a half ago. I was doing an interview with Dr. David Martin, if you know who he is. Yeah. Dr. David Martin, he actually brings this to light because I'm just rocking on all my disgust with Anthony Fauci. And he goes, can I just say something to your audience? Do you know that when he was put in his position at the NIH, Anthony Fauci, he actually oversees and is the director since 1984 of what is called the National Institutes of Health Allergies and infectious disease department. Now the allergies and infectious disease department also oversees allergies and asthma. He was put into that position in 1984. And David Martin said, did you know that in 1984, there was less than 15% of the entire American population that dealt with allergies and asthma as a whole? Do you know that since 1984, when he got into his position at the allergies and infectious disease department as the director, do you know that it now stands that 60% of Americans struggle with allergies and asthma alone. It's all because of the vaccine agenda. He set into motion to vaccinate as many children as possible. And it is true. Brian Hooker, who is the chief science officer of Children's Health Defense, who's become a great friend of mine. He's a researcher. He just published a peer-reviewed study. They found between the vaccinated children compared to unvaccinated children countrywide, Children that have been vaccinated on schedule compared to those who have received no vaccines have 28 times 
the double chronic ear infections of children unvaccinated. I believe it. Five times the autism, 15 times the asthma. It's 15 times seizures than those who are unvaccinated. This, the vaccines do not make your children healthier. They no. actually expose you to harmful chemicals that lead to damaged immune systems, and they do not know how to manage the environment as the way God intended it. I, I get so angry. <laughs> and, and yet I want that anger to be passionate. What's that? Yeah, just protect the, the future generations going exactly. forward. Exactly. We want to leave a better world for those behind. That is how. That is how. Not vaccinating them all. Yeah. And I have doctor friends that have not, I mean, just like you, that have not vaccinated their children uh, over the years and they've got grown children and they're doing just fine. In fact, those grown children have had children and everyone is healthy and well. And so, yeah, we are made to be healthy, whole and complete. We just need to have the mindset and follow through with the right actions. So Dr. Artis, I appreciate you so much. You are a plethora of information and any of you wanting more information, which I know you will want to go to the drartistshow.com. And also you have another website uh, as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got the drartistshow.com and doctor is abbreviated DR. And then we've got artistlabs.com. But drartistshow.com is where you're going to find me. You can find everything. Okay. Well, go there and get the download from Dr. Artis. Again, he's got everything that you need to take, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated to help you live a healthier, more optimal life. So thank you so very much for joining us on Visibly Fit. I appreciate you. You're very welcome there, my little young farmerette. (laughs) Yeehaw. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. What a show. What a show. My goodness. You know, honestly, I I was almost just like jaw dropped, dumbfounded listening to Dr. Artis. (laughs) He has so much to share. And I'm just so grateful and blown away at how he has stepped up to do the hard work uh, so that so that you can hear the truth about what's going on so that we can all be informed. Um, That's not an easy job. That's not a easy task to, to take on, but he is, he's passionate and he wants people to be healthy and well. And so I love that passion about him and um, I'm, I'm grateful. So make sure you do go to his website, the Dr. Artis, and that's A-R-D-I-S, the Dr. Artis show.com. And you're going to find uh, different resources there and you'll be able to hear his podcast as well and be more informed. And again, take what you want from it, but do the research and dive in to a deeper level so that you can really learn for yourself so that you're equipped to live your best, healthiest life. And if you are looking to uh, get healthy in mind, body, and spirit and looking for a protocol, I have my Visibly Fit 7-Week Accelerator course that I know would be dynamic and wonderful for you. Just go to getvisiblyfit.com and we can take it from there. Let's have a conversation and um, let's get you healthy mind, body, and spirit. All the breakdown of everything is there. But in the meantime, if you want to help someone that you know, share this podcast, invest in their health by sharing this podcast with others. Make sure you give a, a rating and a review, and I would I would love to read it on the air. So it always helps in the uh, rankings of the podcast. So make sure you do that. I appreciate you as always, and I'd be really interested to hear your comments and your feedback on this on this interview because this was this was a doozy. This was a good one, and I know that you are uh, walking away learning 
a lot. So as you process that, I want to hear your takeaways and what most impacted you. So anyway, thanks again. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visibly Fit. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.